Hey, it's me. And what's up, podcast people and soundtrack geniuses around the world? You're listening to The Soundcast, the official podcast of tracksounds.com. And on this podcast, we talk all things film, television, and video game music. I am Christopher Coleman, and joining me for this episode is... Kristen Romanelli of FilmScore Monthly Online. And I'm Eric Woods of Cinematic Sound Radio. Today is Sunday, May 28th, 2018, and this is episode 108 of The Soundcast, where we discuss Solo, a Star Wars story with original score by John Powell. You can find all episodes of The Soundcast at soundcast.com. It's also on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, wherever you do listen. You know what? Leave us a rating and a review. It lets us know that you're listening and what you think about the show and what can make the show even better. You can also send us your feedback via email at soundcast at tracksounds.com. Leave us a voicemail message on our SpeakPipe widget or hit us up on Twitter at Audio Soundcast or at Tracksounds on Facebook at Tracksounds. Well, Eric and Kristen, happy Memorial Day to you. Uh, I guess you do you have Memorial Day in Canada? We have Victoria Day, which was uh, last weekend. Oh, last week. So That's basically not... our start of our of our summer season somewhat. We call it the May 2-4 weekend, so everybody opens up their cottages and drinks lots ah, of beer. Okay, so everyone's having long weekends and celebratory attitudes around now, which is great, mm-hmm. uh, which is very good. Um, we're not doing a Memorial Day episode per se, um, maybe in some way or weird fashion we might be doing that, but um, we're going to be talking about Solo, a Star Wars story. we got a lot to talk about, so I'm going to jump into the details so we can get to the fun part, which is the discussion. So let me set the um, table really quick. If, if you've been living under a boulder, um, Solo, a Solo, a Star Wars story released a few days ago on May 24th in the U.S., It's the story of a young Han Solo who finds adventure when he joins a gang of galactic smugglers, including a 196-year-old Wookiee named Chewbacca. Indebted to the gangster Dryden Voss, the crew devises a daring plan to travel to the mining planet Kessel to steal a batch of valuable coaxium. In need of a fast ship, Solo meets Lando Calrissian, the suave owner of the perfect vessel for the dangerous mission, the Millennium Falcon. Solo is directed by Han, uh, Han, by Han Roward, (laughs) (laughs) or Ron Howard, whichever you uh, choose to respect. Um, The music composed, of course, by John Powell with an original theme by John Williams. Uh, Box office, not the best in the world. Uh, $84 in the three-day weekend and about $107 for the four-day it's got a 70 over 61 for Rotten Tomatoes. That's critics over user ratings. Um, not a lot of soundtrack reviews out there yet, but the one that I did find was at uh, the old reliable in terms of quick soundtrack reviews. Uh, soundtrack Dreams gave it a 100 out of 100. That's pretty good. And let's see how it measures up for us. Uh, but before we jump into the score, Kristen and Eric... Why don't you give me your film reaction? And I'll just say I haven't seen it, but I know 
all the details about the film. So we, when we get into spoilers, we can we, we'll talk about that. But just for now, non spoilers. Just gonna just give us a general reaction to 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 the film, uh, Kristen. Well, I wasn't exactly sure what to expect. I was like a, a little bit of a Debbie Downer on this because the production was just such a cluster. So, mm. um, yeah, I I was really not sure what to do going in since, you know, the, the directors were fired. They were replaced by Ron Howard. There were reshoots. Mm-hmm. That's that's never really a good sign for a movie, right? True. Um, but it turned out to be really kind of a fun ride. I mean, it's most definitely a popcorn movie, but it's Memorial Day weekend. What what other weekend are you going to watch a popcorn movie on? <laughs> All the rest for the next two months. Three okay, months. <laughs> okay, yeah, but it's popcorn movie season. That's that's exactly why I'm saying it's it's the perfect way to open up the season, really. Hmm. Okay. Um, I did miss the first five minutes. I will, I will um, say that if anything important happens there, um, <laughs> I don't know what they are. <laughs> um, I came in. I came in with uh, Han and Kira uh, escaping from somewhere, and then mm. into the speeder chase. Um, and okay. I blame that on Boston parking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Everyone was there at the theater, I guess. <laughs> and so which you weren't lost for the film, obviously. You oh, were, no. no, you well, wouldn't you true. wouldn't be. You wouldn't be. You just kinda saw them in the in the slums. Uh he had stolen some of that um that valuable material, a uh, coaxium. Yeah. Mm. And they were gonna use that to uh Bribe guess, their way, bribe off, their the, way yeah. off the planet. So you just kind of yeah. see where they were located in their relationship, and there's a little bit of a, a, a space car chase as they get to the spaceport. So that's basically yeah. all you missed. And, and actually, I, you missed the um, the opening title, which looks 10 million times better than the Rogue One uh, well, opening title. That's pretty low bar. And you also missed I was the scroll, the which Rogue wasn't One a too. scroll. <laughs> I heard it was like a side scroll. Well, not a side scroll. It was but blue, blue text. It was the, the a long time continued. ago. Yeah. yeah. And it was like, why don't you just do the scroll? And it was three paragraphs. Interesting. Wow. And and I'm like, well, there you go. That's how you set up Star Wars. Why don't you just do the crawl? But they didn't. But the solo the solo uh, title was actually um, was actually pretty neat. It looked way better than Rogue, Rogue One. So and it was not as cheesy. And Powell's main theme is right there. So uh-huh. yeah. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really good opening to the movie. And, okay. And just uh, what was your what was your general reaction? Mine? Yeah. Yeah, I was uh, lowered expectations. Um, <laughs> I think I had said that on this show many times that I was like I really wasn't interested in this, and I thought that the the casting was all wrong. And then um, I thought, you know what? I got a free movie ticket, and I'm, I've got to do the research for this program. So I brought my son with me. Um, while my wife and daughter went to see show dogs or whatever the heck that <laughs> thing is called. <laughs> wow. That's hard. Um, it, it, that's harsh. But, um, uh, anyway, uh, I really had a great time. And, and like Kristen said, it's, it's a popcorn movie. It really brings back the spirit of what I think Star Wars is. And it's just a good old fashioned B movie swashbuckling adventure. Uh, really well written. The special effects are fantastic. It features what I think are two of the best Star Wars action set pieces. I think that you will 
ever seen. I'll put it up against any of the classic uh, action set pieces that we've already been uh, shown and, and are accustomed to. Um, uh, Aaron, sorry, uh, geez, Alden, I'm forgetting his name now. Alden Aaron. Um, yes, he was the the biggest problem for me when I saw the trailers. But then as we got about halfway through the movie, I accepted him as Han Solo and, and the young Han Solo. And so I thought he did a really good job. The casting was actually really, really good. There's a couple of missteps along the way, but for the most part, I had a great time at the movies. Um, hmm. I, I do want to uh, jump in and say that, uh, what's his face is Aaron, what's his face? Alden Ehrenreich. <laughs> yeah, Alden Ehrenreich. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the the tone of his voice actually reminds me of Mark Hamill's tone of voice in yeah. A New Hope. So uh, he's whiny. He's a little bit whiny. Um, he's a little bit whiny. Yeah, he's at a kid. Points. A little bit yeah. over enthusiastic. A little bit over whiny at some points. And huh. and I actually kind of thought that was a little bit perfect because yes. it made me think of the interactions between. Han and Luke in A New Hope yeah. and him just yeah. being like, ah, crap, this is like what I was like. And I yeah. hate that. <laughs> Agreed. He's very, he's very, he, he thinks he's really smart. He's very. Um, he's very self-assured. Yes, indeed. And that all, he gets knocked down a couple of pegs mm -hmm. in this movie. And that's mm -hmm. what's so great about the character. There is growth here yeah. um, for the character. Like, and you can kind of see, you see how the he world eventually becomes him. Han Solo. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He's very, very cocky. And, and although that's what we know Han Solo as, yeah. but when he grows up, he's he's able to use that cockiness to his advantage. And here it's just him being cocky and he's just totally wrong at some points in this film where it's like dude step back <laughs> and uh and that's really um i think that's some great writing i mean of course we got lawrence kasdan as the the main writer on this script so uh the dialogue is is smart quick and uh and also shout out for uh donald glover who plays a fantastic oh, lendo calrissian <laughs> he's amazing he is so good he steals every single scene that he's in and he mm. he hits the tone of dialect just perfectly. Oh, doesn't he? Doesn't he? It's so good. The Han <laughs> hand scene is fantastic. Han, oh my gosh, it's yeah. it's so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like you guys both really enjoyed it. Um, as I mentioned, I did not see it, so I'm not going to comment on the film. Um, I might throw in some comments based on things that I've heard people talk about and discuss. And, um, but, uh, and I'm sure a lot of people are listening to this podcast right now. Are like, thank God he's not going <laughs> to talk about this film. <laughs> I did that just for you people, but I will see it eventually. And you will get my thoughts on it. For, for the record, for Justin worse. liked it and thought it was harmless. So yes, that yeah, was a very that's exactly what it word. is. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's nothing. Uh, we'll pour one out for Justin right now. He right. was supposed yeah. to join us, but he yeah. did things to himself that he shouldn't do. <sighs> <laughs> um, so let's move on to our reaction to the score, which I can participate in. Yay! Um, mm -hmm. From from hearing it before, or is your first time listening to it during, or did you then listen to it after? Um, 
I'll just start and just say that I listened to it as soon as I possibly could, um, which was, I guess, Friday, Friday morning, uh, when it released on Spotify, I immediately started to listen to it and uh, really enjoyed it as a first listen. And then my second time through, I kind of live tweeted as I went through the score, which was which was fun as well. I didn't know if people would be into that or not, but got some interesting reactions. Um, yeah, I, in general, I, I love the score. I think it's the most entertaining um, Star Wars score in quite some time from start to finish. I think that, I, I, in, in all honesty, it's probably the most entertaining Star Wars thing that I've gotten from the Star Wars universe in some years overall. And so I'm really, really happy with it. And it's really fun to listen to and catch the little nods and, and thematic um, incorporations and all of that is really, really fun. I think John Williams has done a uh, John Williams. I think John Powell has done an excellent job. Um, John Williams too, of course, as always, but uh, obviously John Powell uh, took the lion's share here and took John Williams theme and, uh, made it his own throughout, and it's used a lot through the score. Um, but I love it, and generally, just like, yep, I love this score. Uh, Eric, what about you? Yeah, I heard only two, three, four tracks maybe before I went to see it. Um, when was it? When did we go? A couple days ago. And uh, I was out of town for the last week, and but I was catching up on Facebook and Twitter and people were like, you got to listen to reminiscence therapy. Mm -hmm. And so that's the first thing I played when I got back home. I, I got the promo, downloaded it and I played it and uh, I was just in heaven, mm -hmm. absolute heaven. And I didn't, and, and I was a little terrified when John Powell had mentioned that he had done direct lifts of particular yeah. tracks and cues. And I thought, man, why? But it, really really worked in this track and he added his own yeah you know little stylistic ideas over top of the hey, the, the tracks that me, we we know and love let me break in right there i want to sure. hold that particular cue that we can all talk sure. about later because i think all we right. all love that specific yeah. cue and it's worth going through that cue yeah and i listened to it about 20 times yeah. before <laughs> like it was on constant repeat but then i'm like okay i gotta go listen to the adventures of han and I love that as well. And there was a couple of other action tracks, but then I really heard all of it in the movie. And that it, and as much as I, and actually this is the first time I've seen a film in IMAX since Fantasia 2000. Oh, wow. So uh, what an experience that is. The sound is way better in IMAX. Hmm. The picture is way better in hmm. IMAX. And hmm. I'm almost willing to spend the extra $5 to go see these big tentpole films in IMAX from now on because it just blew me away. Um, the, the score is a little bit difficult to hear in the, in the film, especially that opening oh, no. sequence. Um, there is so much, uh, there's so much sound um, that it starts kind of just jumbling all together and turning into this wall of, of sound. And, and I had a little bit of a problem with that, but... Um, the, th the score does shine and whereas with the last Jedi and Rose's theme where that got grating as mm. the film went on, mm -hmm. I just wanted to hear more of the Han theme. Every time it popped up, it was perfectly placed. And even though it was played countless times in the score and in the film, it was always a joy to hear. It never wore out its welcome. Yeah. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. And by the way, the mix is unbelievable and i kind of now i mean 
I've said that usually the mix really goes down to the recording engineer. And yes, the recording engineers do have their own styles, but now I'm definitely convinced that rooms definitely do also play a role in the sound. Mm -hmm. And I wish John Williams' last two Star Wars scores were recorded in Abbey Road the way Sean Murphy recorded John Powell's score mm. because it's so rich. It's mm-hmm. so powerful. Yeah. And I think there was something missing in the LA studio yes. that Abbey Road was able to pick up. It's just, it's a remarkable uh, sounding I totally CD. agree with that. Totally. Uh, Kristen, what about you? What's your general reaction to John Powell's score? Well, um, I got my hands on the score Tuesday, I think. And Ooh. yeah, uh, we were kind of rushing to put out um, the May issue of Film Score Monthly, which has Solo on the cover. So mm-hmm. um, as you know, we usually uh, take segments of uh, cues and put them throughout the article to sort of illustrate what the composer is saying. So mm-hmm. I kind of had to do a rush job on listening to the score, trying to figure out what was what, and just mm. kind of slap it into the article. Um, <laughs> so I really I really didn't get to do a close listen until later on in the week, um, mm-hmm. after we had published, and I could just like rest. <laughs> <laughs> but um, later on in the week, I I think you saw that I tweeted that John Powell is a treasure because mm-hmm. I was just so overwhelmed. by like, I was giddy listening to this score. I was smiling the whole time. I, mm-hmm. I really like it a lot. Um, I there is nothing complicated about this. It's it's just great. It is it is a great score. It is well crafted. In the film, the film is so well spotted. Um mm-hmm. like I I I don't like as bad as the production part of this movie was, gosh, mm-hmm. that post production part, they really made up for it. Um <laughs> uh, especially on the sound front. Yeah. Um so yeah. Uh okay. generally gushing overall <laughs> it's it's great to be able to gush over a score i oh mean gosh. just completely you i mean know? i love I john powell i love john powell to begin with yeah but we all do. just to I, and yeah we we all do i mean he's a great composer he's been a trendsetter before he's very funny he's very you know he's a he's very truth-telling um mm-hmm when he speaks and he puts a lot of his uh, personal feeling and his own personal pain and love into his mm-hmm. music. And I think that really comes across. Um, mm-hmm. He's yeah, yeah uh, he's a treasure. When, when you think about, it, I mean, it's like John Powell doing star Wars. It's like, could you ask for much more than that? I mean, it's just like the two things you would you would want to put together to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened is is pretty spectacular. It's um, it's special. It really is. And there's so much life in it. It's just there's just life when you listen to it. It's like, oh, there's energy there. There's you know, there's something that just gets yeah. you gets your whatever moving like inside a, of you. A couple of years ago when we were having the conversation of whether John Williams would continue to do the Star Wars and who would we like to see, I mm-hmm. think 
I think I had said like, oh, Michael Giacchino would be great for this, but mm-hmm. oh my gosh, John Powell. Yeah, I, John yeah. Powell. Is, that was our dream. Now it's just like, <laughs> yeah. obviously, obviously, it should be John Powell. It, it, it's right there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think he's kicked Giacchino off the uh, off the pedestal. He's uh, he's my front runner from now on for anything. I mean, he's still I can consider him the past. 10 years still to be the best composer working mm-hmm. in Hollywood and he just proves it. I mean when you have the two How to Train Your Dragon films yeah, and now he gets this and you can just tell that he's a fan as well. Yes, absolutely. And, and that's where like you know with the God I wish you had seen the movie and, okay. and I know well, we're not we're spoilers bit, yet. So yeah not- I know but there's a moment where you can just tell I mean I think it's the same thing for the audience there's just that one kind of giddy moment where even the characters are on awe of something and you can hear it in the music and he yeah. plays the perfect theme yeah. where it's just like, all right, fans, let's soak this in. And I'm just sitting there like, my God, yeah, we haven't felt this way in a few years yes. about Star Wars. It's true. And that one, and that's just one of the many amazing moments. And you can just tell that Powell's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do this one for the fans because I'm a fan as well. And you're just going to, have all the feels yeah. and 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 he gets it yeah and and i and i love him for that well here's what's interesting um as we move into we'll move into our kind of spoiler section now so if you haven't seen the film yet or listen to the score or whatever and you don't want to be spoiled now's the time to tune out and come back once you have um Bye, so we're going to talk about hmm? <laughs> like Chris. me or, or or if you're like me and you just got spoiled completely and just like whatever <laughs> tell me the whole plot i don't care you're you're gonna love this section too um <laughs> Uh, but here's what's what's odd to me, it, and that is, you know, I've listened to a number of reviews of the film uh, podcast. I've read a few reviews, and the and the reaction to the score, if there is even a reaction stated, has not been good. And I'm really, really surprised at this. Um, That's crazy. People are not responding. They're saying this does not sound like Star Wars music, except for when it's quoting Williams. What? And so they're like, when the quotes come, they're like, oh, it's such an obvious. They just pulled in, not even knowing that, hey, this is an original record. This is not needle drop stuff. Right. But they think it is. In fact, when I first listened to it, I was like, man, this sounds awfully exact, but better. It sounded, it's a better recording, obviously, better mix. So I was like, man, it sounds so close. And then it, and then it morphs into, you know, original music. Like, whoa, this is original. I mean, this is a fresh recording of this mm-hmm. music that we know so well, which is... Yeah, which he did a to, great adaptation job. Yeah, to, to, to even fool me for a few seconds, like, wait a minute, is this the original or... Is, is remarkable, but... I'm just shocked that there, again, either there's no comment about the score or it's been negative. And I'm like, what the heck? What is wrong with you people? And I'm, well, and so you guys, since you saw the film, are these you have to tell reviews? me. Yes, I some mean, are. these are the same people who are like nominating only the last couple of movies that they had heard for best score in their critics awards they don't know anything about the music in films and they don't actually pay attention to it i mean if you slap a french horn on something and call it star wars some i wouldn't say all of these that i've listened to some are critics (laughs) some are fans um but i have some degree of respect for for the ones i've been listening i don't bother to listen to people that i don't respect or read but to to hear them 
to hear them speak negatively was really surprising to me that the music just didn't feel like Star Wars. And I was like, what? And what feels on, like Star on, Wars to them? I think just John Williams, and that's it. I think that's but all they This kn- does have John Williams. It does. And that's the stuff that they say, oh, yeah, there's the obvious John Williams stuff, but the other stuff doesn't quote unquote sound or feel like Star Wars. And okay. so that's, well, there yeah, is, and that's absolutely insane. There Go is ahead. a lot in the film it is that, is, that is rhythmically John Powell. I mean, it's, yeah, it's very sure. rhythmically Powellian. Um, yes. And sure. that makes it a little bit more modern for me. But yes. Uh huh. I think it works. Gosh, I mean, I think it, it I think to. it really works, and I think it really helps keep the pace of the movie. Yeah, and keeps it, yeah, it fresh. Yeah, yeah. If Powell just does a pastiche, then he gets in trouble yeah, for that as well. And for and sure. nobody wants that. And and if you're looking back at Rogue One, Giacchino does Giacchino, and he does Williams as well. It's the it's a mix of their two styles. Yeah. And and in this film, if if Powell's not bringing in his toys and and his weird orchestrations and his percussion then it's not then a it's powell, not powell score but sure. this, this is what powell does and and if you're going in this expecting some sort of john williams pastiche then you're going to be disappointed however the amount of times that the han theme is played the brand new han theme throughout yeah. the score i mean th- there's your john williams yeah and it's all over the score yeah. and but even the, the the orchestral colors is very much john williams mm-hmm. in in nature mm-hmm. um so I, I, I'm not a hundred percent, like I haven't read the reviews. I don't know how much detail they go into, but yes, of course you're going to have John Powell. Then you're going to have to expect something a bit different. Yeah. And I just don't understand the argument like, well, it's not John Williams. It's not Star Wars. Well, and Powell and Williams not, had but very it's close still... conversations about yeah. oh, the totally. adaptation sure. and how this is going to yes. be used. And it's not like, and it's, it's not like he was sent a couple pages of, you know, John Williams mm-hmm. carefully handwritten notes. He got, he got the entire codex. He he got right. all the orchestrations. He got, yep. he got all of the scores from yeah. Williams' past movies and past Star Wars movies, and he studied them. Like mm-hmm. he studied the orchestrations and how and to that comes make through. yeah, and how to make this a Star Wars movie, and and that comes through that yeah, I agree. that sort of but, effort just can't be discounted. Well, right. and again, these aren't soundtrack reviewers; these are movie reviewers, right? Yeah. So they're just coming in on a very surface level. And here's what I think will happen over time: as people are able to listen to this and they watch the film over and over again, if they're going to do that, or they listen to the score over and over, they're going to start to pick up the things that perhaps those of us who listen to this stuff all the time, or or, or maybe more familiar with Star Wars music, can pick out on a first or second or third run through. I think. Maybe over time, the larger uh, segment of society will will pick up on those things and like it too. And maybe you know, maybe my s- sampling size is really small, but I just didn't have I didn't hear any of them glowing like, oh my gosh, the score was so great. I just didn't hear that. It was it was either not remarked on or spoken of negatively, and that really really surprised me. Um, well, let's move on here. There's so many different points and questions we have in the run out to go through. We might not hit all of them, but I do want to hit 
uh, John Williams' original piece that he wrote, which is Hans' theme. Which is um, premiered it, by the Boston Pops at John Williams' film night. Were you there? What? Were, no, were you I there? wasn't there. Ah, it was a surprise, <laughs> right? It, it, it was a surprise, and it was rebroadcast on um, oh. the classical station that records the Pops. Okay. Um, it was just rebroadcast last night actually oh nice i saw some tweets from people who were there like oh they're gonna debut and i was like what that's great yeah um it's not on demand yet but when it is on demand i'll tweet it out to you guys okay excellent it's called the adventures of of han on the soundtrack So I wanted to get your guys' reaction. I don't think that actual piece is heard in the film. I assume no. it isn't. Um, no. And so it starts off the soundtrack, and I was a little bit... I mean, I expected it to be Williams as Williams is now. Um, but even with that expectation, you know, I found that particular... Um, his his presentation and the, and the vibe of it to be very consistent, but it just didn't evoke... Han Solo to me, it felt very prequel, very sequel, um, but not when I. That's not what I thought of Han Solo when I, when I. It wasn't. It didn't evoke the images of Han Solo that I have in my own brain, and that's limited, obviously. Um, but what did you guys think about that piece in, of an, in and of itself? I'm not commenting on the music. Is it good or bad, or is it you know? But just, do you think it works? Well, it's not. You know, Han Solo as he is in A New Hope. It's mm-hmm. it's a theme for Han Solo as he is before that. And, you know, he is strangely idealistic and cocky. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. his hopes and dreams haven't been crushed. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I... I I think it's I think it's for a guy who is striving to be a hero, really, and I think it hmm. works on that level. Hmm. Okay. Uh, what about you? Uh, yeah, I like the piece. Uh, it, it it really when I first heard it, it didn't it didn't stick out um, yeah. as something like oh wow that's amazing, but uh, it's a very busy piece. Yeah. And then when you get through the rest of the score proper, then you kind of understand where John Williams was coming sure. from with the piece itself. And it is quite exciting, especially when it gets to the end of the piece. Um, I kept on humming Poe's theme while I was listening to it as well. It's very, mm-hmm. very, 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 yeah, it very, does have very, that very close to it. Yep. Um, but in context, um, that theme is incredibly strong. I mean, very, very, very strong. And it fits yeah. the character uh, absolutely perfectly. And, and, and John Powell's variations on it yes. is absolutely spectacular. Excellent job. And it, it rarely plays the same way twice. And it's just so good. And so once you are uh, finished the album, and then it it really just sticks with you. I mean, I was, and then there's the thing about John Williams. Like I've I've heard thousands and thousands of scores, and I can't recall any other composer, maybe Goldsmith and Horner, that they would write this theme, and then within two or three tracks later, it's right there. I can walk away, and yeah. I'm just humming it, and I yeah. can hum it note for note perfectly. And Williams 
is so good at crafting themes. And so it stuck with me. And so that's, that's, that's great. I really, I love that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it, it was, it's a very powerful, um, but also a youthful theme. And I, and I really appreciate that aspect of it uh, because yeah, Han is still a kid here. Yeah. And, um, and uh, I think it works uh, really well. However, you know, I haven't listened to that one track by itself. Um, I just keep going through the score. So the adventures um, of Han, I'm not sure you why. Listened to that yeah, yet? I don't know why I haven't returned to it. Maybe I need to put it at the end of the album or something like that, but I just keep going back to my favorite highlights. But anyway, um, yeah. it's a, it's a solid piece, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a little concerning that it's really close to pose theme. But, um, besides that, I'm, I hope that doesn't mean I'm, anything. <laughs> wow imagine if it did oh god holy smoke oh, the, the speculation began <laughs> yeah but it, it but it, it works it works really really well and uh yeah yeah i like, I, I, I like what john powell does with it i mean he t- yes. immediately grabs hold of it and it's like okay i've got it i yeah. understand this and i'm gonna yeah. use it like crazy um totally it, it's just starting the soundtrack with that piece which is like oh okay this is this is this isn't the vibe that i was um, expecting right off the bat, I guess. For sure. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Well, let's continue on that thought about Powell taking what um, John Williams has done, not just Hans theme, but throughout, because he uses a ton of pre-existing Star Wars material. Uh, how do you think he fares in, in pulling that off? Not an easy thing. I mean, Giacchino had to do it to some degree. He had much, much less time to do it, uh, which which made me think that you know when Rogue One came out that he was going to use a lot more of existing stuff than he ended up doing, um, but John Powell has the same scenario writing a, a score that's essentially essentially a prequel score to A New Hope. Um, Kristen, what is your thoughts? How 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 did what's your grade for Powell on on adapting that material? Oh, he did a great job adapting it. Um, he he didn't simply slap things into his own material he sort of built his material around it and then went in and took williams material and made sure it flowed and integrated and everything Mm -hmm. feels like it's part of a cohesive piece um Mm -hmm. really great adaptation job um i think the corellia chase is a great example of adapting the the new theme, um, adapting older themes. I mean, there's reminiscence therapy, which is just beautiful. It's, mm-hmm. oh, such a great piece. And he has, in an in interview that he did with us for FSMO, he has this great segment about how he took those themes and what his idea behind it was and why it's called reminiscence therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, so um it's a curious title i know you don't want maybe you can tease us and you can can get the full story in your article yeah certainly i'll 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 tease it um it has to do with um um so the idea of reminiscence therapy it's it's a it's a medical term it's a term it's a method that helps patients with dementia Hmm. sort of um remembering what their lives were Mm. Um, and you work with family members and you use old photographs, videos, music mm-hmm. to sort of 
kind of bring up those ghosts of memory to the surface. Mm -hmm. Um, And so his idea here was um, that you are looking from a present point of view at a character in the past and you're trying to it's like trying to remember who this character was and you can't quite remember so Hmm. you sort of insert other pieces of music from his past and see it in this new context Um, Hmm. so that's that's sort of what the whole reminiscence therapy was um which is why why he inserted pieces from the tie fighter chase and so this is he does that for the audience sake yes yeah okay interesting that's what i got out of it the moment i heard that uh read that track that's exactly what i got out of it it was because it was because that chase was mirroring this chase that was going on right and you know that's it was part of building who he is as a character and how these moments mirror each other. Hmm, that's, so he, that's he put, odd. he put a ton of thought into this. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. encourage you to, to read this interview. He's, he is crazy smart. Like, <laughs> sure, sure. No, yeah. no doubt about that. That's, it's just an interesting <laughs> approach that I, I just wouldn't, wouldn't consider you know what i mean i guess i'm thinking about it too linearly and just like yeah, hey here's the narrative I have, that, and we're t- I have that problem too i would totally have had i totally would have had that problem had i not known this portion of his thought process and as mm-hmm. soon as i learned that i was like oh okay that is a completely different way of looking at this and i can totally kind of dig that i mean hmm. it's it's really intellectually interesting. Um, yeah, he, I'm gonna have to put, process that. He put a lot of thought behind this, um, so it wasn't just taking pieces and throwing it in because you know, oh, this is a fight, so we're gonna throw in Tie Fighter music, and right. it's it's actually about bringing up surface memories of these moments. So I I love that. It's so cool. And that's what's and that and the, well, what's interesting is the reaction to it is that people you know people whether whatever degree they are soundtrack fans or not are are reacting to it as needle drops um, at least in reminiscence therapy there it's a, mm-hmm. and there was one person on twitter who said that was their least favorite track mm-hmm. because it was so distracting to them because of those and that's, drops that's fair this is it why is, i want I people to read this interview and you know listen to his other interviews and understand what's what goes on inside the composer's sure. thought process and you know but hard to absorb to that him. just by watching the film or listening I, to the score you just don't know right right know, if you yeah. don't if you don't know it you'd have the same reaction that you would toward john williams's use of here they come in uh, the last jedi yeah right mm-hmm. like where i was totally against that and that threw me out of the movie mm-hmm. for or some the reason use of the and i don't know the imperial march in rogue one for me Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, sorry, which, which, which quote are you talking about in Rogue One? Imperial March with um, yeah, where? Darth Vader. So you don't, you didn't like that? I didn't. Okay, I was okay with that. Um, but it's it, the the issue that I usually have is like not is is needle dropped and or just 
extracting a piece of music and playing it again, mm-hmm. like Williams did in in Revenge of the Sith and and in uh, the Last Jedi. And I don't know why I'm forgiving John Powell here, but it does seem like this scene is again we talked about it earlier. Just it's for the fans, and and this is this is fan service. This scene is total fan service. It's good um, fan service, and it's though. very good fan service. <laughs> whereas I think. I think that the way that he blends the themes, which uh, there's a couple of moments between, I think, the Imperial theme and uh, the asteroid field music where it's a little clunky on the transition. Mm -hmm. But the way it plays out in the movie, you can't hear those transitions and everything just seems to run smoothly and there's there's a purpose behind it. Whereas the Battle of Crate in The Last Jedi that insertion of that cue just felt so out of place compared to everything else that was written before and after. Mm. Whereas this cue flows beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's the, the difference maker here for me. But it's also like I wanted to hear the asteroid field theme, at least during a, during the Millennium Falcon chase, at least in one part of this movie. And I, and I got that. The Here They Come was a different orchestration. Um, and then the second playing of the asteroid field theme, he adds a few extra bits of musical color, and mm-hmm. that's what I appreciate. He, yes, it's it's it is that theme, but it's it's Powell's version of yes, it. Yes, exactly. And right. and it and it all flows beautifully, and and that works for me. And that's just taking a little bit more effort in time to go in and do that sort of stuff. And I think, I mean, again, based on what we've already just heard from from Kristen and, and what. Powell's mentality was around this, then I totally appreciate that more than any other sort of needle drop theme in previous Star Wars scores. Yeah. And it's not like it happens all the time right. in this score. I mean, this is this is definitely, again, based on the title and, and what was happening, that this is your fan service moment, but it, it goes deeper than that. There, there's the, the character, the ship, what's happening, and things of that sort, and it totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. I will say I was surprised, even though I I really, really love that particular track, Reminiscence Therapy, I was surprised at how close, I mean, how exact it is. You know what I mean? Like I said, it, it fooled me for a few seconds when it first started. I think it starts like with the Death Star motif from A yes. New Hope. And I was just like, whoa, what, great. what the what? Um, yeah. And from there, I'm just like, okay, I'm into this. But, but I'm surprised that for the longer segments, whether it's the asteroid field or there's some, I forget what other themes are quoted in it now, but they're so exact, at least when they are first played, that there mm-hmm. wasn't more, that he didn't put a little more uh, variation right. in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yes. Because it's, it's like exact, only better in terms of mix and recording and all that because it's new um so i was surprised it's like wow you know but like you said later on as he restates them you can hear the percussion get layered over it or whatever Mm -hmm. it is that makes it makes it his and i really appreciate that part as well um did you guys hear any me, me, I know I hear things. I hear lots of things. Sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not there. In this particular score, I was surprised at how many things reminded me of James Horner's Avatar. Um, Interesting. Particularly in the percussion, even from the like the second track in, in Meat Hand, uh, Han, you hear... 
<laughs> Excellent. Well played, Lando. Um, in the percussion, it's just it's just spot on uh, Avatar. And then you get a little piano at the end that it's like, man, this just, it's so Avatar. And then there's other tracks. Um, I think you get a little bit in Flying with Chewie and elsewhere. And then you get those vocals. And it's like, man, that just sounds like Avatar. Did and either of you get that vibe at all? No, I didn't. No. But now that you mention it, you might not be able to uh, not hear it now. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But I, God, do I love that? Uh, is that the theme for the for the Marauders? That vocal, yes. Mm-hmm. yes it good gracious, it's so good. And when it first appears in the movie. I mean that's during the the train heist. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Um, I, I again I wasn't I didn't really think of it as anything but but Powell doing Powell. So I didn't think he was lifting from anybody. But now that you mention Avatar, I could I could hear it. Yeah. I, I got a few replies when I was live tweeting that out that that others had picked up on that too, which I was surprised because I know that I hear things, but. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I can't unhear it now. Especially, I mean, every time it's just like, oh, well, yeah, it's, it just reminds me. Um, so I just thought I'd ask you guys to see what what um, you thought about that. Uh, let's talk. It's ab- quite possible. I mean, you know, you got Ron Howard. He might have tempt that with some Horner. So yeah, it's just surprising. It's like, right. dude, you're oh. tempting Star Wars with Avatar. I mean, mm. what? Yeah. You never know what you're going to use as a temp. It's possible. Yeah, it's whatever I mean, works. It's so close to me. It's like that. I can't imagine what else would have led to it. Um, Actually, other... John Powell made a request with the temping. Oh. Uh, that there was tr- no temping? I'm trying to find it, but it was supposed to all be temped with Williams. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, the, Now, see, that particular... I'm not... Even in Avatar, I wasn't a huge fan of that style of, of chorus, um, going all the way back to Ghosts in the Darkness, it's always kind of graded on me that kind of high pitched mm. style. And so when I heard it here, my my initial reaction is like my head kind of tilts to the side and I jerk a little mm-hmm. bit because it's I find it a little grating. This one isn't too bad. I found it very grating in Avatar. I've come to enjoy it in the years following, but when I first heard, it, mm-hmm. I was just like, ooh. And I can't watch Ghosts in the Darkness to this day because I can't deal <laughs> with, that, with that style of That's chanting. Yeah, I, um, I found it. Uh, one of the first oh, okay. things I did when I came on board was ask them if they could temp it with only John Williams Star Wars music. Now, what that hmm. did for me was that it was really useful to have temp built with the iconic Star Wars sounds. It was mm-hmm. hard for them to find the sound. Sometimes they blah, 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 blah. Read, this, read the whole interview. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Basically, it was all John Williams Star Wars in there. Uh, that was his. That was his request. But does that mean that's what they did? That's what they did. Who knows? Hmm. Well, uh, yeah, uh, it's interesting. But at least that sounds fresh. It sounds fresh for Star oh, Wars. Oh, for which sure. Is, uh, what I really appreciate. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, let's talk about some of our favorite pieces um, uh, from Powell himself that. Pieces that don't lean too heavily on on John Williams' existing stuff. I mean, not that it can't have a mention here or there, a motif here and there, but where it's mostly Powell. Um, mm. Eric, what about what about you on that one? Well, yeah, the the, the first appearance of the Marauders uh, theme really had me kind of like sit up and go, "Wow, that's mm. different." Because it was kind of, you know, it was all very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was just big 
Powell action music and, and things of that sort. But then that cut in and that was at the latter portion of that, ch- of that chase. And it was like, wow, who are these people? Mm. And they get this great, just totally unique out there, um, theme that I, we have never heard before mm-hmm. in a, in a star Wars film. So that one really, um, stood out for me. Uh, yeah, I think that's the one that was like, wow, I, I really like that. And I want to hear more of that. Okay. All right. What about you, Kristen? Um, I, I too really love the Marauders. Um, mm-hmm. the chanting, I, it was, is just great. It just, cause like the hairs on the back of my neck to stand up um <laughs> in a good way yeah. um, i really liked the lando's closet cue it's yes. very sweet it feels like this kind of a, a sweeping 1940s romance yes scene. it's beautiful and the scene itself is sort of like this whole you know flirtatious like you know will so it's they Han and kira's love theme right Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. It's kind of a, a like a will they be romantic again? Will she, you know, run away? Will she like and I, I love that whole moment. Is um, it is it I'm just gonna ask since I didn't see it, but you know, I'm thinking Lando's closet. Is it like a closed, confined area kinda like it, it, the scene Strikes reminds back. me it's, more of like Leia and Han's yeah, in first kiss okay. yeah, from Empire. Yeah, but it's okay. in a closet full of capes. Full of capes. So nice. many capes. Nice. <laughs> That's a riot. That's this is so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just all capes. You just add to to Lando's lore just by going into his closet. It's nice. fantastic. The fact that she's trying them all on. Yeah. Right. It's just, oh, she's trying on his capes. Oh, wow. she's trying on his capes. Yeah. 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 And that's where uh, you know Han. Yeah. Watched she's him. like, I couldn't help myself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because who could? There's even you a joke like, you know, isn't this capes, too many capes? You would try one on. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I probably would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's great. It's really good. Oh gosh. Oh good. Um, well, I. But yeah, I also really liked, you know, as we said, Reminiscence Therapy. There's lots of John Williams, but that whole cue is just so well constructed. Mm -hmm. Um, It's and that's that's like the whole Kessel Run scene. Yes. And when it all comes together in testing allegiance. Oh, yeah. It's just like Powell, Williams, Williams, Powell. And Mm -hmm. it's it's everything in the movie coming together in that one cue yeah. and it's it's a good time <laughs> it's, yeah, it's just absolutely. such a good time anyway. now is yeah, it there's a, there, sorry there's just one more musical device that i just wanted to bring up because we talk about reminiscence therapy and uh, into the maw is actually the second half of that kessel run and the screaming elliot goldenthal-esque horns yeah um, which I would assume are backed by the uh, what are those things called that he talked about in the um, in the interview? Those uh, African horns mm. that were being blared out at the World Cup a few years ago. Oh, uh, the Zuzuve. Yeah, I'm wondering whether they're in that queue. But hearing that type of musical device in a Star Wars movie is also something new and fresh. But it, I mean, again, you haven't seen the movie, but my goodness, what it represents. Mm-hmm. Is like one of the coolest things <laughs> I've ever seen. Like, if you think that the 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 uh, asteroid worm is a, a crazy space alien creature, yeah. Well, I see you see the spite the space kraken 
Yeah, it's I've seen crazy. bits of it. Crazy. I've seen it's bits crazy. of it. Easy. Yeah. Now maybe and it fits so well. The the Zuzu Velas or is it Vuvuzela or Zuzu Vela? Vuvuzela or something. Yeah. Uh, I think it might be at the beginning of what's that track called? Um, Severing Standoff. Oh, um, is it? Sever. Severing. I think so. there's a really low. Uh, I don't know what it is, and that that could be okay. that too. It could okay. Be. I just. I just think that if you're going to blare something completely annoying and crazy, that's where you would do it. But okay. anyway, it those be, Elliot Goldenthal horns are insane. <laughs> those 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 French, poor French horn players, their lips must have been bleeding. Probably, <laughs> probably. Uh, well, I agree with those those tracks. I when Lando's Closet first came on, my first time through, I was like, oh, because the first few tracks, you know, it's action, 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 action. It was like I need something else, and so when that track finally comes on, I'm like, oh, okay, thank you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of the hallmarks of of John Williams is there's such great variety in his scores. Right. You know, track after track, it's not the same thing over and over and over and over again. And that's what I was starting to get worn a little bit. Um, listening through uh, through this, and there's some other slightly lower, slower tempo, slightly softer before you get to to Lando's closet. But that was such a, a a huge departure from the rest of the tracks that that really stood out to me. And I was like, wow, that's that's just beautiful. And it sounds like something Williams would write as well. Uh, so I think he captured that that um, that personality really, really well. Um, and of course the one that everyone loves so much, or most people, Reminiscence Therapy. Is that the one that has Chewie's theme in it as well? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Which was great because, uh, shout out to at Go Soundtracks for asking that question to at Star Wars on Twitter, and Ron Howard mm-hmm. and Chewbacca answered that question. Well, Ron Howard answered the question, um, <laughs> stating that, you know, that was Chewie's theme, and uh, which is great. Um, it sounds, again, to me, sounds very kind of prequely, uh, in its construction, but because um, it's light and fun, and uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I hear that Chewie's kind of a standout character in this film, and so oh, there it's a buddy cop movie. Yeah, <laughs> they're so it perfect. Fits, it fits in that regard, I yeah, assume. Very much yeah. so. Yeah, you can you can like the chemistry on screen between the two of them. It it's just like Harrison Ford and Peter Mayhew. It's they, they these two are fan. I'd see another movie with with uh, these characters. And I wonder if actors. it wasn't. I wonder if yeah. it wasn't more like that with the original, you know, Lord Miller film. Who knows? I just I don't wonder. know. But you know, well, I, I'm wondering whether the, the comedic moments between them are are from the first shoot. Yeah, maybe. Um, they're so well done. Like the comedy in mm-hmm. this one um, compared to like The Last Jedi, which felt very forced. Mm-hmm. Again, you got some great writing here and it's Lawrence Kazan should write all Star Wars scripts from now on. Mm. And uh, he um, he just nails it. He nails mm. That the, there's there's just great timing, uh, wow! Just great line reads. Um, even God, their introduction together is uh, it's not what I expected. Yeah, it's totally not what I expected. Like I didn't expect the fact that Chewbacca has been eating like people for yeah. how, how long? <laughs> yeah. How long? Yeah, and he's just totally he's a different type of character until he finally becomes the Chewbacca that we that we know and love. And there's just so much. There's actually so much depth to Chewbacca as well because he definitely has to make a choice at one point whether he's going to go with his fellow Wookiees or whether he's going to save Han. Right. It's such a touching moment. I mean, Lawrence Kasdan gets these characters, and and that's why I think think he should he should write anything to do with the characters that he's already written for before. He should just do the scripts. He should write those scripts. It's interesting. He, he gets the characters because uh, you know I've heard I've heard not all 
uh, positive about the the screenplay for this film. Uh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of off moments. Things. There's some off moments, but I think it's I think it's quick. It's smart. It's witty. Um, it's uh, I really uh, the only the, the only thing I think that I think the the last uh, maybe twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, where mm-hmm. all is revealed. Yep. Um, it dies. The film dies there. Um, it's because I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what everybody's motivation was at that point. And mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, th- should I have seen this before? Was there any foreshadowing to that? So I'm going to have to see it again to see if that all kind of lines up. Mm-hmm. But up to that point, I thought that this, I mean, the pacing was great. The, the, the dialogue was great. Um, I thought the story was going where it needed to go. And again, what was so great about this is that we followed Han Solo. There weren't any cuts to somebody else. There wasn't right. a million different other, you know, fight scenes going on. And we were along for the ride with Han Solo for the whole movie. Yeah. And, and that's smart. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I just thought it was, I thought it was really, uh, yeah, I thought it was well-written. Hmm. I did. Okay. Is there anything you guys don't like about this score? Is it a hundred out of a hundred? As soundtrack um, dreams well, says. chicken in the pot is bizarre. Well, <laughs> come on, you know when I get, it, you know I get, where it takes place in the y- movie. It yes. totally sets I, up this the weird bacchanal <laughs> that's Dryden's yacht. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's it's bizarre. I I just will program it out. I'll never listen to it again. It's no cantina band. Well, I, I knew as soon as it started playing, like, oh, okay, so they have a cantina like scene somewhere in here. I mean, immediately, yeah, you it's, just know that it's that for is. like a pleasure it's yacht. It's, yeah. it's yeah, completely it's a pleasure, yeah. over the top. And, sure. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's part of the formula, right? Right. Uh, but I heard that now the version on the soundtrack is supposedly different than what you hear in the film. Hmm. I wouldn't know. Oh. I don't know. It's, it seemed. I think it seemed like one it of the. It's like same. two voices, and one of them got like pitched way down or way up or something. Oh. Something got. Well, There's like a singing like fish in a bowl. Who's the? <laughs> the, the, the weird duet. It's so bizarre. It, yeah, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Um. But that's the only track I would probably program out, and then um. You know, I was thrown off kind of by the more um, modern guitar strumming. Uh, like there's like one particular track where they um, they arrive on the planet for the train heist. Mm-hmm. And it sort of has that kind of how to train your dragon kind of light, oh. uh, you know, acoustic guitar strumming. But it it works. And it comes back again at Dice, dice and Roll. And um, but you know what? The only thing I don't like is the way that the piece, the end credits end. And I'm not sure whether the end credits is a. It's newly recorded piece. It's not on the soundtrack, but I stayed in the theater to listen to it, and it doesn't end with the like the Rebel fanfare the way Giacchino did. Hmm. Actually, no, no, I'm not even sure whether Giacchino did in the in Rogue One. Anyway, it ends up with that kind of guitar strumming, hmm. so it, it 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 doesn't sort of sound like Star Wars, it kind of and out. it's just it's kind weird. of like a it does peter out. Yeah, so it's huh. a, that's the only kind of disappointment where I was expecting a little bit more of a like maybe throwing in the adventures of Han Williams's version oh, at the yeah. end. I like the yeah. way that that ends. Yeah. I thought that's the way that the end credits would end it, it and it didn't. Huh. But if it's an edited piece, it's actually a really well edited end credit suite. Hmm. Um, but I was kind of disappointed that the adventures of Han didn't end the end credits. Yeah, interesting. Um, that would have been it just been kind of, yeah, Peter's a place to use that's it. That's the only thing. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Chris and anything that you don't like about the score? I mean, it, it petering out at the end while watching was, it was definitely strange. I, I also stayed in the theater and I was like, oh, I guess it's over. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Did it end yeah. with Solo Will Return? No. No, but it should. It should. 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't think he will. That's the thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't think know he will. If this is gonna. I don't know if they're gonna no. be able to continue. I this. just think the Last Jedi has destroyed this franchise. Well, there's and, uh, a few, it's, a few things, a few faux pas. Yeah. But we'll see. But, um, we'll see if they that. course correct. <laughs> I don't yeah. know about that. I... It's just too bad. This movie is actually a lot of fun, and I just think it it deserves a better, you know, a better. Uh, yeah. Rotten Tomatoes rating. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's it it gets what it gets, right? I mean, last year I, mean, I, I just like I felt 93. the way I felt the way I did in 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 like you know I watched Ready Player One. It's the yeah. same feeling I got with Solo. Okay. It's a good time at the movie. Like I mean, a really good time at the movies. I was mm-hmm. I was smiling from start to finish. I like okay. to and, have uh, a good time at the movies. Sure, <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah. but what's to prevent it from have being just a random space heist movie? You know what I mean? Could they have made this movie and it not been a Star Wars movie? Uh, yes. I think you could. Because that's kind of For some sure. of the sentiments I've heard. It's like, it's, I think you can say fun. that about any film, really. Really? Yeah. I mean, I mean you can... Star Wars is just the hero's journey. <laughs> well, it's... that's a little reductive. No, but <laughs> you know, what it I did, is. What it's I... literally the hero's journey. It, that's all it is. And is it done in a spectacular way? Yes. Is it done in an iconic way? Yes. But that's because it's an iconic way of telling a story. Sure. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess most adventure fantasy films follow that basic um, formula, essentially, most of them. Um but well, I've heard that sentiment made a few times that hey, you know this it's it's a fun film. Uh, it just probably it just is weighed down by the fact that it's a Star Wars film, uh, and that's where it, that's where it tends to fail in in trying to connect dots and give you backstory to things that you may or may not even want backstory to. Um, yeah, there's nothing really in this movie that, with the exception of. Han getting his name that made me go ooh I kind of wish they didn't tell me that mm-hmm. um, but, I think that all of it all of it I think all of it fit I think but that's all there, from and, contrarians I mean everybody wants to be yeah. a contrarian when it comes to a sacred cow like Star Wars so uh, yeah. maybe I mean what I get tired of is people on the other side saying what the other side thinks and feels it's like oh because I've heard like oh everyone who hated The Last Jedi is going to love this movie because all it is 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 the exact same stuff that you've gotten a thousand times. And I'm like, well, well, uh, no, but it's not because well, the mythology is absolutely it, ripped out of this. I mean, right? I it's, liked the it, last Jedi and I liked this. So what does right. that say? I don't know. But that's my problem. My problem is when people who have the opposite opinion describe or try to say, Oh, well, since you hated this, you're going to love this. Or because you love that, you're going to hate that. And try to say why? And like, well, Maybe for some, but let's not make blanket statements for the opposite side when you don't right. un- when you don't necessarily understand where they're coming from in Correct. the first place because you don't share their opinion. So right. it's like don't don't do that. Um, that is correct. You don't necessarily know why they feel the way they feel, um, right. and so that that part's been in, I think in a in a weird accidental experiment. Me not seeing it is interesting in listening to different people's opinions because I really can't I don't have an informed opinion myself I've just I'm mm-hmm. just hearing what other people are saying about it it wasn't my intent but it's kind of made it a different a little different experience the greatest thing of it all being 
I don't care because the score is great and I'm, lo- <laughs> and I'm loving the score, whether the movie's the best or the worst one that was ever made. It really, maybe, maybe, maybe you guys tell me, because you guys love the film. Kristen, you listened to it before you saw the film um, to some degree. Did seeing the film make you enjoy it more or less or the same? Um, I think it made me enjoy it more because it gave context to what I was listening mm-hmm. to. Um, mm-hmm. As I said, when I first listened to it, I was really rushing through things and trying yeah. to, you know, put together what Powell's saying in this interview with what the music is saying. And right. I really didn't have any context otherwise. Um, but having the context really, really definitely helped, I think. Right. Yeah, we, we were talking earlier before we got into spoilers about one particular moment that I thought was just true fan service. <laughs> and, and, and hearing the track away from the movie, it really didn't make... I mean, it was, it was a wonderful variation of the Star Wars theme. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why is it there? And it plays underneath the unveiling of the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. And there's this brilliant shot just of Han and Chewie walking up to it. And and Powell plays the theme and it's just this slow, emotional version of the main Star Wars theme. Mm-hmm. And it's just a beautiful Star Wars moment. Mm-hmm. And you can just see it in Han's face that he's like, man, I, I want this ship. I love this <laughs> ship. It's love at first sight. Yeah. And it all just comes, like I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. It's just such a, Ron Howard got it. He, he knew how to shoot that and it's shot from down low mm-hmm. and you see it in the trailer mm-hmm. but it's just it's beautiful and you just see our two main characters there and by that point I was or I was finally invested in um, Aaron Reich's uh, character and portrayal of Han mm-hmm. and and it was just a wonderful pure Star Wars moment mm-hmm. and and it didn't feel forced it was like finally here's the reveal of the millennium falcon and it's like powell's like all right i'm gonna just full-on star wars this and he he did it so well that just you, the hairs stand up on your you know on the on your arms and the goosebumps are forming and it's just this wonderful like i said pure star wars moment yeah. that i that i loved so much it's like james kirk looking at the enterprise and Star yeah. Trek, the motion picture, yeah. these slow hmm. shots, these slow beauty shots of the Enterprise, mm-hmm. and he's just so in love with this ship. This ship has been his entire life, and yeah. you have Jerry Goldsmith playing the Enterprise theme over it, and it's it's just like one of those, I don't know, it's a spaceship moment. It's, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great comparison. <laughs> and, and, and there's a great scene comparison. where he walks into the cockpit for the very first time, which mirrors Han's return to the cockpit mm-hmm. in um, The Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful, wonderful uh, contrast between those two scenes. And, and of course, you know, just seeing the Millennium Falcon as brand new as it is. Yeah. Um, and then what eventually <laughs> happens to it <laughs> is one of the craziest, <laughs> funniest, most enjoyable things, I think, like I said, it's part of the Kessel Run, it's, and it will just, it's its another—it's a subplot. Mm-hmm. It's a total subplot, and and that's what I like about that scene as well. There's so much going on, but it's like, the poor Falcon. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so, it's so great. And I, and I don't want to, you know, get your expectations up far too high where you're just going to go, oh, hey, you know what, these guys love it, and don't I don't worry. Really, but don't worry. I, it's, if you just kind of like, just go in it and have a good time, um, that's what I liked about it. And I think that's all this movie was meant to be. Uh, and, and again, all the myth 
of the of the Jedi's, with the exception of one scene, is basically thrown out. So it's just like a space western. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then take it for what that is and and go you have yourself a good time. And what I was really surprised about is how well the Kessel Run was was done because I always felt the Kessel Run was something else in my mind. Mm-hmm. And I didn't expect to see it the way it was portrayed on screen and it was it was just mesmerizing. <laughs> so And good. I love mm. how he's just so proud of it afterwards. Like mm. he's like I, oh, the smile on his face. I made the Kessel Run in 12 parts. Well, and you expected that. Yeah. And you know, years yeah. later, he's still saying that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's very proud of that moment. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, and there's one, just another great Star Wars moment. Like, and you saw in the preview where Chewie jumps into the co pilot seat, mm-hmm. and it's just, you got Star Wars theme blaring, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, that feels so right. And again, I didn't expect it to feel that way with someone else playing Han Solo. All right. And um, it worked. Hmm. Well, let's wrap up. And let me ask you about this. Um, at the very end, of course, there's the big reveal um, of one. Uh, I guess he's not Darth Maul. He's just Maul. Um, did they <laughs> play? Did they do the Korra? Yes. Did they do that? Well, they did. They did duel the face. They went. Oh, they didn't. So they didn't do his voice. They didn't do the which is really his theme. Yeah, the duel of fates is not his theme. Right. Um, they would have been great if it was the vocals. Yes, it looked like it was such a subtle thing. He comes up on the on the um, what are those things called? The transmission or whatever it was. The hologram. Nothing. And you can't see him right right away. (laughs) Right. He looks at the emperor at first. Yeah. He has his hood on. Yeah. He has the hood on, yeah. so he looks like the emperor. So yeah. I thought, because someone already had it on YouTube, so I watched that and oh, no sound. Okay. So I'm like, oh, I wonder as they're setting this up, if you're hearing, because that would have been such a cool moment if they don't yes. show him and you hear, Korra, yeah. I thought that would have been a really cool way to do it. So I was curious yeah. of how they handled that musically. So no. you hear Duel of the Fates. In what kind of mm-hmm. way? It's very slow, very menacing, very evil. And it's just like one playing of it. Oh, okay. So it's very, it's more like um. If I can remember, it's like low horns hmm. that are playing it, and it's uh, underneath the dialogue scene, so it really can't. It's it. I mean, I I can understand why they they use that instead of the the chanting because I don't think people would pick up on that. But mm-hmm. I think they like for one of the most famous Star Wars themes of all time. Did it? Um, did it? I mean, did it do a number like um, Split did, where you hear the music first and you're like, wait, what? No, nope. It plays underneath the like his reveal is first and then during the oh. the dialogue his oh, theme comes, comes in yeah but the thing but is I think, uh, when I think, yeah, they do I, the reveal you're you're not you're thinking not sure you're thinking is that mall is it such a someone right. of the same species but then yeah. you hear the yeah. music and then you see the lightsaber and yeah. you're just like what yeah. what is <laughs> i don't know what the point of that scene was i really don't right I, and it, I think they're setting up some. Uh, maybe that's where they were going to go next in the movies, or maybe that's how they bring in Obi Wan Kenobi movie. They're like, you know, so Maul's still around but, during I mean, this time. We, so. If you've seen Rebels and you've seen that, that whole story's been told. Sure, it's it's but, done, and it's right, canon. So are they going to now do it in a movie? This is when I, I can get some Liam Neeson back into Star Wars. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll get him in episode nine. I'm betting. I don't even know what they said during the... in episode yeah. nine. I think everybody's coming back. It's going to be my <laughs> guess. I, I'm, I totally, totally bet you're just going to have a 
indoor force ghost party with Liam mm. with Obi. Everybody's going to be there. Or or they or they come back uh, like the four Frodo scene in uh, Return of the King because now they're able to actually interact with the world that they're in. Oh, that's true. They can and just call so, lightning down on everything. Yeah, they just call lightning and they can now use lightsabers and. <laughs> So they everybody's just, gonna be back. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be something special. <laughs> Although that would be neat. Imagine that if the if the Force Ghost came back and actually fought, and oh. they were able to kind of harness that power. That's something new and interesting. It's new. Got the Jedi zombie <laughs> army. Yes, <laughs> yes, totally. Oh man, with Ray yeah. kind of leading, and then they all come running yeah. faster, like they did Aragorn. No, let's not do that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, They'll, they will do it. Oh Please not do that. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts about uh, the solo score uh, before we wrap this puppy up? I love John Powell. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Would you like to see him do a Skywalker episode if there are going to be any more after episode? We should do them all. One more. I mean. <laughs> well, we don't know. I mean, we don't know. We don't. He probably he's, is um, one more, but you know, he's my favorite. He, he's he's worthy. He, he he's on a whole other level. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, this guy's amazing. I can't and I can't wait for How to Drain Your Dragon three. How do you? Drain We're in a golden them? age of power. How do you drain so. your dragon? No, how to train your dragon? <laughs> yeah. Like you said, how, do you how to drain your dragon? Something else. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> <laughs> Too much flying. Yeah. Um, I just didn't think that he'd be able to come close to the the dragon scores, and uh, he's pretty much equaled it with mm-hmm. this score, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's. I'm just amazed that I'm. I guess I'm amazed and a little sad that at least the sampling I have so far as the general public isn't latching onto it. That's crazy. Uh, maybe that will change, or maybe I'll hear some more. But at this point, they're just not. And I'm like, what are you guys listening? What are you? What is, what's happening? Um, I th- I'm thinking the most the majority of the film score community though they yeah. love this. Oh yeah. Agreed. And, uh, so it's up it's up to us to kind of get the word out and and make sure that this stands the test of time I mean, because it is one of one of the best Star Wars scores. Yeah, the whole editorial board of Film Score Monthly, we all love it, and we're big crouches. So, <laughs> <laughs> but for the general public, it either hits with them or it doesn't. I don't think you can talk them into it. You know what I mean? It's either they see it and they're like, "Oh, that was so awesome," or they don't. But maybe over time it grows on them. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I just I don't know what else could have been done to make the music um, more noticeable. I heard. I mean, the love theme. The love theme is yeah, it's front beautiful. and center. Chewie's theme. I mean, for me, I only heard it once during the scene that we've all seen, and I can't really pick out where it was in the rest of the movies, but. You know the Marauders theme; it's it's there. Mm-hmm. It's so obvious. Um, I know he wrote a theme for the God. We haven't even talked about her. Um, the L three robot. Thank oh, God yeah. she died like <laughs> almost immediately. Oh. I hear um, half the people say the, she's and the, the best and that's a real bizarre and half like portion of this movie. Revolutionary droid? No, no, no. I thought you know what? If it was a malfunction, yes. But but then there's some weird stuff that happens between her and Lando, which I'm like, yeah. what's going on? Yeah. Um, but I know that there's about seven different themes, and I think that three, no, sorry, maybe four of them are really obvious. Mm-hmm. And if you're not coming out of this theater, Hum and Han's theme, uh, then you've just missed the boat. 
and something's wrong with your ears because it's just it's it's there it's present it's it's great and it's written by john williams for crying out loud yeah so um by someone who actually has something wrong with his ear (laughs) i do have something wrong with my ears i do too i have really bad tinnitus and oh. I'm with you. Yep. Not really bad tinnitus, but I have tinnitus. No, I, I, I can hear the Han theme. What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, it, it's not resonating with them yet. And that's, that's yeah. kind of tragic. Maybe they need tinnitus. <laughs> Maybe they do. <laughs> yes, we have the gift Maybe of the do. ring. <laughs> uh. Uh. The Maybe constant there's a tinnitus ringing. filter that you can turn on, <laughs> and you'll be good to go. Yeah. No, I just it's a, it's in it's a, the score is exciting. The 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 film's exciting. I just wish more people would go and see it, mm-hmm. and you're really gonna have a good time at the movies. And and the soundtrack's gonna be playing for it's it's gonna be on repeat for the next few weeks for me at least. And it's sure. gonna take something truly special uh, for it to to dethrone this as my favorite score of the year. Yeah, I don't know if there's anything lined up, but you never know. Surprises do happen. Mm-hmm. It's Surprises been a pretty good happen. year, so it has. I, I'm, it has been. I'm pretty happy with how this is going. And let's see how many of them actually get nominated for well, awards. That is, and this won't. A whole other discussion. <laughs> I guess this one can't. Yeah. Well, can't it? It can't. Uh, it can. It can. Yeah, the rules have changed for co-composing. So, but what um, about the amount? You can of have as many composers music. on as. Uh, Sorry, pardon. Say it again. The, what about the pre-existing material rule? Uh, that should be fine as well because John Williams uses it all the time in his scores, and he still gets oh. nominated. So. Oh, but Johan Johansson couldn't get nominated because they used. And on top of that, that rule once. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I mean the the big the the, the big issue with that rule came with the Hobbit, <laughs> and then Which it's stupid. It's also whether the the old music dilutes the new music. They keep they keep and contradicting that's a themselves call, isn't it? on yeah. this rule yeah. too. And also, one of the biggest problems is until this year, they didn't have to hear the score in context. Oh, right. right, that's right. Now they do. And now it's they a, and do. this year is totally different. So yeah, there's a short list. And I'm just well. astounded by that. I didn't know that before, and I'm just like that explains so bleeping much yeah true like <laughs> it's true You're and i gave them the benefit of the doubt as well <laughs> that's right i always thought that they saw this in context and heard the scores in context me too that was i'm disappointed in them completely <laughs> yeah 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 you lazy sobs <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it for our review of Solo, A Star Wars Story with an original score by John Powell and an original theme from John Williams. Eight thumbs up. Uh, eight. Eight? Is that what you said? Well, I'm I'm like that other pilot. All right. Yeah, we forgot about him. So cute. <laughs> he was. He has, a, he has a great scene in this, too. Yeah, he's uh, he's pretty important. <laughs> Well, so. if you want to let us know your thoughts about the, the film or the score, you can do so very easily. Uh, hit us up. Send us an email at soundcast.tracksounds.com or hit us up on Twitter at Audio Soundcast. If you'd like to uh, say something to me directly, uh, you can do so on Twitter at C. Coleman. Eric, how can people find and follow you and let you know what they think about this score? Yeah, you can check me out on Twitter at Sound Radio on Facebook at Cinematic Sound. And you can listen to, uh, I guess it's the archive of Cinematic Sound Radio programs <laughs> since I'm on a 
bit of a hiatus, but you can check me out at uh, cinematicsound.net. But new shows are coming, not from me, but from Jason Drury. So he's uh, keeping things nicely rolling along until I decide to uh, to come back. Excellent, excellent. And Kristen, where can people find and follow you and get their hands on that sweet, sweet new uh, edition of the Film Score Monthly online? Yeah. Uh, the easiest way to find me is on Twitter at KB for now. That's K B F O R N O W. You can find Film Score Monthly online at fsmonlinemag.com. Also on Twitter, fsmonlinemag. We just released our May issue with Powell Solo on the cover, and he goes in depth about working with John Williams and all about reminiscence therapy. And this isn't just about Solo, it's also about his upcoming release, or has it been released, of um, his concert piece, The Prussian Requiem, in an album titled Hubris, is a deeply Mm. personal interview. It will bring tears to your eyes, I'm not even kidding about that. Please (laughs) check it out. Nice. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you again for listening to the Soundcast. Until our next episode, we want to say may the notes be with you. Music